2 has entered the podcast. Welcome, welcome back, people, to Player 2 Has Entered the Podcast. I am your co-host, Michael, a.k.a. MC Paperstacks, and with me, as always, is my co-host with the co-most. Derek, a.k.a. Full Metal Merc, and we're back again for another episode, baby. Woo! This week mm. has been intense for me, Derek. Why Intent, is that? Like, new console intense. Ooh. Remember how, like, when you first got your PlayStation 5 and... You played like 68 games that week? Yes. Add Games Pass to that. (laughs) Oh, Games Pass Premium Plus. Oh, that's right. The subscription is free, but you have to pay for the game. I'm just kidding. In this case, the subscription you pay for and and then the games are, yeah. So I thought I would take this time on my podcast, my gaming podcast, as it were, to discuss my experience with the Xbox Series X, what I like, what I don't like in comparison to my PS5 and my Switch. Why not? Yeah, I've pretty much had the Xbox all week. I ended up picking it up on Saturday, so like the day after we recorded last week. So I've had it since last Saturday. And overall, I really like it. I played a ton of games on Games Pass. We'll talk about that here in a few on what we're playing. There are some pros and some cons. Here's some stuff I did not like about it. We'll just start off with the bad. Okay. Headsets. None of the headsets I have work with the Xbox. Not my earbuds. I I swear to God. Two different earbuds (laughs) and two different headsets. I have one of them's a Turtle Beach. None of them work. And I like went online and they're like, yeah, some shit doesn't work with Xbox Series X. Figure it out. And then I go and I look at the (laughs) best headsets and like the cheapest ones, like 75 bucks. And I'm like, shit, dude. Right. I got Amiibos to buy. This is ridiculous. (laughs) Right? Exactly. But the thing is, it's just uh, Xbox is probably going to be where I play a lot of multiplayer because a lot of other people that I know that have Games Pass, like, you know, they put a lot of multiplayer games on Games Pass. And it's just easy. If you and a friend group has Games Pass, there's no excuse not to play like a new multiplayer. I need a headset, damn it. So Mm. that's annoying. I don't like that. Um, sucks. They're still doing the batteries for the controller thing? Yeah. I mean, Come seriously, on, Xbox? They must, they must own some battery company or something. Cause yeah, that, they're in bed with Duracell sense. for sure. Because yeah. that's what it came with. It came with two Duracells. Oh, yeah. That's what it is. Then. I'm like, you motherfuckers. So, <laughs> and of course, with the amount of games that I played, like my first couple of days, the battery almost died. Like, especially Forza 4. Oh, my God. The battery was just like, I'm done. So... <laughs> I did. I had to order like a rechargeable battery pack for the Xbox Series X. Shouldn't have had to do that. Right. The last thing I would say as far as the things I didn't like about the Xbox, aside from something it just lacks, it doesn't have that SSD. So the load mm-hmm. times, while not long traditionally, are not short either. They're just the load times you would normally expect from gaming, from game to game. Right. right? Some are good, yeah. some are not. So it, do, it has the disadvantage of that. Graphically, I haven't seen much of a difference, but I haven't been playing those graphics pushing games yet. And right. to be honest, my eyes, I don't know. <laughs> I did play. It's not its not a game I'm going to mention later. I played a little bit of the upgraded version of Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And oh, I did okay. it on 60 frames. And that was cool. Cool. It, it had 60 frames and it looked great. So the last thing, its version of sleep mode, which we talked about in a previous episode, how it drains so much power if you leave it in this particular mode. It's not easily accessible. When you first set up your Xbox, it asks you if you want to have that mode on or not. And I chose not because I didn't want it to drain so much power, even though I do shut things off at night, just throughout the day, right? 
Mm-hmm. And I, what I noticed is if I want stuff to download in the background, when I go to shut off the Xbox, there's no option to put it in sleep mode. I'd probably have to go back into settings, toggle that mode on, and then shut it off and let it do its thing. And I don't really like that. With the Xbox design choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I just I don't know why it's just not on the power off menu like it is for a PlayStation. Xbox One had a cool thing, which it still wasn't as smooth as PlayStation 4, but with Xbox One, if you just shut it off, it automatically went into sleep mode. That was its default. But if you held the power button for five seconds, it would completely shut down. Mm-hmm. And once I learned that little ditty, that was just what I did. I didn't have to go into menu or anything. I just knew however long I held the power button is the type of power I'm going to shut down, right? I still right. think the menu is better, but it, at least it was quick to access. With the Series X, having to go into another menu to update a setting every single time I want to shut it down, whether I want it to go in sleep mode or not, considering how many games I had to download this week, because I pretty much had to download everything, I don't like it. Man. So that's all the that's all the bad stuff out of the way, okay? Here's the good okay. stuff. I, games Pass. <laughs> games Pass is definitely a good thing. So for a dollar right now and then $15 a month starting sometime in August, I'll have my Xbox Gold subscription, online play and the free games every month. Still getting that. Plus access to the EA's Games Pass and the Xbox Games Pass. So all the EA games and a, a bunch of Xbox games. And I can just download and play whatever I want. That's great. Sweet. And it's much better and more robust than PlayStation Now, just from what, what's offered. I mean, we talked about it recently on Gamer Friends. 27 of the 30 games discussed at E3, day one games pass. Yeah. That's insane. PlayStation ain't fucking with that at all. Right? I don't know anyone who uses PS Now. Yeah, I don't either. Because who cares? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So there's that. Spotify integration. I don't think this is a thing that PlayStation does, but Xbox does do it because of the whole blades and the Windows system that they have. I did mm-hmm. this with Forza Horizon 4 this week where I downloaded Spotify and logged in on my Series X and then I switched over to Forza and then when I pushed, you know, the Xbox button in to get my blades up, it literally had a slider from Spotify to the game volume that I could move so I could adjust how loud Spotify was versus my game. So I tweaked my Forza settings to have focus on the sound effects in the car, and I turned the Forza radio off, and then I slid the Spotify to where it sounded like my radio, and boom, I had my custom radio while I was driving around. It was fucking awesome. It was the best integration of that old-ass idea we've had since the original Xbox. But it was the right. best implementation of it. And again, if I found that the songs were too loud or too, I could just quickly go on the menu and adjust by like 5% either way on the fly. It was mwah. Mm. Love that. You'll make me get it. Mm. Quick resume on multiple games, even if I shut the Xbox down. It somehow holds a part of the loading on games, multiple games, mind you. Like I had up to five on quick resume at one time. I don't know what the limit is. So that way, when I went to select that game, because I played it recently, I just hopped right in wherever I was, like at the pause menu or whatever I was doing. Hmm. So it's like how you can put a single game in sleep mode on PS5 or PS4, but you can do it for multiple games on the Series X. All right. Okay, yeah. Microsoft. All yeah, right. PS5 was talking that shit like they would do it too, but you and I both have one. They do not do that. Yeah, yeah. You, you can do one game. That is it. Good luck. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
the ease of getting my profile over was a lot better. You know how much of a pain of an ass it was to move your stuff from PlayStation 4 to PlayStation 5? You had to have yeah. them both turned on and be on the same network. And then that whole kerfuffle with Final Fantasy VII Remake and moving that data over and all that shit. Mm-hmm. With Xbox, as soon as I turned it on, it was like, if you want, you can download this app on your phone and it'll get everything. It'll just find your profile. It'll connect with your current Xbox on your network. And boom, you'll have all your shit moved over. And they were right. It took me mere minutes. And it had Ooh. access to all my previous Xbox shit that I had from my Xbox 360 days, what little I did on the X-Bone, all of it was there. That's and really cool. Yeah, I could start downloading any of those games immediately if I wanted to, and I could import settings if I wanted to, all that good stuff. So that was great. The last thing I thought was really cool, PlayStation does not do this at all to my understanding, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Okay. Nintendo does it a little bit. Nintendo has a thing where if you buy a game, you get those rewards points. You mm-hmm. get your gold points, which is money off future games. Not much. You buy a $60 game, you get 60 points, 60 gold coins, which is like a dollar off or something, right? With the Xbox, the more you play, you just get these rewards points, and it'll give you a notification when you gain them, either from playing so many games past games to getting achievements and then getting so many in a, a certain period of time or whatever. I was continuously recruiting rewards points, and I went in to look at the gifts, and it's like swag and gift cards and shit. And I can actually set it to oh. automatically purchase a $10 gift card once I get enough points. And I was like, do that, please. So it's so, basically when Xbox 360 came out with achievements, everybody was like, I should be able to spend these points on something mm-hmm. that I'm getting. They shouldn't just be, you know, just to look at. Yeah, so I now, remember hearing about that. Yeah. Yeah. So now it looks like that's exactly what they're doing now. That's pretty They dope. must have taken it to heart because literally I'm getting paid to play video games. That's pretty cool. Now, again, I'm not getting a ton of money, but I'm getting more than what Nintendo gives you, and I'm getting more than what PlayStation gives you because they give you nothing. Zero. Nada. You get no rewards for playing on PlayStation. And again, you listen. pay for a game, you play If game. I am wrong, please correct me because I've been playing on my PlayStation primarily for a long time, and I have seen no such rewards. Other than them being like, bro, do you want to pre-order this PlayStation 5? We are giving you priority. Thank you for that, by the way. Other than that, <laughs> nothing. So that's me gushing about my Series X. I will gush about it a little bit more in what we're playing. But let me ask you first, Derek, this week on the Video Game Podcast, please let me know, what have you been playing, sir? I've been playing Scarlet Nexus on the PS5. The PS5 version. It looks beautiful. The frame rate is really, really good. I don't think I've dropped any frames one time playing that game. Hmm. This is... Probably Bandai Namco's first actually really good anime game that they've published. And I'm enjoying pretty much every minute of it. I will say, as far as the story goes, when it starts moving, it does not fucking stop. It kind of left me feeling like, god damn, I just met some of these people and now they're doing all this crazy shit. All this crazy shit's happening. What's going on? I've only been playing for five hours. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) but uh it's really fun the gameplay i would equate to like i told somebody else a step down from devil may cry and bayonetta which isn't bad because those are like top tier action games but how would you say it compares to astral chain hmm i would say the combat is better than astral chain Hmm. i would definitely say that okay 
because you have so many powers and abilities that you can draw on. You have the psychokinesis, which is the main character's, both main characters' special ability. Mm-hmm. You can throw anything from cars. Uh, you can ride a bus and knock enemies down. Mm-hmm. You can <laughs> you can drop oil on enemies, and then you can use pyrokinesis from a different teammate to light them on fire. Like it's very intuitive, and there are a lot of different ways to play. Like a lot of different combos of powers. You mean? Yeah. Cool. And I think that's that's why there's so there's so many characters. That's either a detriment or a positive in its case because while the more characters I have, the more special powers I can use. But also the more characters I have, the more names I have to learn, the more names I get to forget, the more I, <laughs> the less I get to care about everybody. So, you know, it's kind of a give and take. But man, Scarlet Nexus, it's nice. And the story, I'm very intrigued to what's going on. I can't wait to get to the end. I know that the second main character, Kasane, she has like kind of a different story route that she travels. I don't know if I'm going to replay the whole game is her as well, because I heard it takes about 25 hours. I'm on mm. phase five of 12, which are basically the chapters. Mm. And I'm like, damn, I've been playing for like eight hours. I'm only on phase five. I'm not even halfway through the damn game. Okay, so it's probably <laughs> like a 25, 30 hour action game, you'd say? Yeah, it's meaty, man. Yeah, it is I mean, meaty. I mean unless you they front load it and the back chapters are shorter, which does happen sometimes. True. And like you got different side quests you can go on and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I'm really enjoying it, man. Cool. I like it. I can't. I'm. I want to get finished with it fast though, so I can play Judgment. Because <laughs> I decided <laughs> to play so that good. first. It's so good. Uh, yeah. Excellent. All right. Well, let me rattle off what I've been playing now. What I've been playing has increased. I'm even leaving some games off the list, but I played so much, just you know, having fun with uh, all the access to all the new games on Series X. One of the first games I had to try out was Battletoads because that's Xbox exclusive and oh. it's beat 'em up, and it's oh, really yeah. good. I always thought I the animation. About that game. Yeah, I always thought the animation on the new Battletoads looked a little off, like a little cheap, maybe or a little flash mm. animation. You know what I mean? But when you actually yeah. play it, it looks way better. It just doesn't translate on video, I don't think. But it looks smooth. You can actually switch between the three main characters on the fly, and they all have their own HP. So if you're getting your ass kicked, you can switch to another character, or you'll automatically switch if your character dies, and then he has a certain amount of time before he'll revive with partial health. So that actually really helps. The characters all have their different strengths and, you know, one's like big and slow and the other one is really fast and has a higher combo count. They throw in a lot of mini games and extra stuff for a person looking for like a pure, just straight up beat em up. It may be a little annoying. I found it okay to break up the action. Like they even have a speeder bike section, which is not near as frustrating as the NES version of the game, luckily. Mm hmm. But yeah, it the game has a pretty decent sense of humor, too. I would compare it to probably like Ratchet and Clank as far as the goofiness, you know? Uh-huh. And, this, and it, there's a bit of self-awareness about how they're an old franchise and they're being revived after like 20-something years, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm going to be playing that definitely, I think, on a future episode of Monday Night Brawlers. So look forward to that. And honestly had a great time with it and i probably couldn't recommend it enough to anybody who is a fan of beat-em-ups it's got like i said a really decent battle system it feels uh, sometimes beat-em-ups especially from a classic era can feel kind of cheap sometimes like you can't avoid damage 
in this mm -hmm. game, whenever I got hit, I felt like it was my fault because each enemy is unique in the way that they attack you and the way that you deal with them. And the difficulty comes when they throw all those different enemy types and you have to juggle when to dodge, when to attack, when like where you're spacing your character in relation to the environmental hazards and their attacks that are incoming. Okay. So yeah, it's a very smart beat em up, I have to admit. I played some Sunset Overdrive just to try it out on Series X. It plays great on Series X. Not much else to report there. It took me a second to remember exactly. There's a weird flow to Sunset Overdrive. Have you ever played it? I don't know if we ever talked about it, if you played it before. Yeah, I played uh, about mm, six hours of it. I okay. enjoyed what I played. Yeah, yeah. There is a dash button and then that grind button. And you really mm -hmm. have to get married to the proper timing for dashing and grinding and dashing while you're grinding and switching directions while you're mm -hmm. shooting and aiming and it's very particular and if you don't get in that groove you're going to have a bad time but once you remember and practice and get in that groove and make sure that you are very familiar with dashing and, and grinding while you shoot it, it then becomes like you said it feels like there's a flow like it feels like it feels yeah. good so that was something I'd remind myself on. I played Carrion for the first time because it's on Games Pass. It's a game I've been meaning to buy, but just haven't yet. It's actually decent. I thought it looked more like a Metroidvania, you know, where like you would go through because it's like 2D and your side scrolling is like this mass of flesh and tentacles and teeth. Right. And you're mm -hmm. attacking humans and trying to it looks like trying to escape a lab, basically. But it plays more like a linear adventure game. And it doesn't even have a map. So basically you're going around and eventually you do get an ability that helps you traverse past the level you're on. And you do kind of go back and forth. But your limited options on where you can go until you get the next ability kind of guides you along a particular path. And it's broken up occasionally by you jumping into what I can only describe as like the past mind logs of the humans that discovered the place. And that helps because eventually you'll get mind powers where you can shoot a tentacle at somebody and control them for a small portion so you already know how to control a human being. There's this ebb and flow because some powers you only get access to as you amass more flesh. So you have like three different like bars for that. Then the other powers you have when you were a smaller mass, you lose access to those. So there are areas hmm. where you have to dump some of your flesh in order to use an ability you need to traverse or get past a particular area. Next, it's, baby. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's really weird. So, yeah, it's kind of like Knack, just a gross version. <laughs> Fleshy Knack. Fleshy Knack. Wow. Mm. Fleshy Knack, too, baby. <laughs> it gets kind of repetitive and monotonous, I hate to say, once you get to the back half of the game. I still think it's interesting enough to where I'm going to finish it, and I think I'm pretty close to finishing it. But I don't know if it's going to be for everyone past the original novelty, of because you're just unstoppable. There's really no mm -hmm. difficulty to the game. Like they try to introduce tougher robots, but the fact that you can just backtrack and you're always near like a save point where you can replenish any damage that you take and you have you move so fast around the level like you're way overpowered and then nothing they throw at you can really I think I only died once and that's cuz I was being reckless. Mm. Yeah, that's what I'd say about that. I played Subnautica. Oh, we okay. Yeah, we were talking about how we were interested in that game because of how Below Zero looked really interesting. Right. It's a lot more of a survival game than I thought it was. Like uh -oh. I yeah, I crash land like this the ship explodes and you have you're in a small pod and you cl crash land near the ship and I wanted to go to the ship to explore it but there's bad radiation. And then I wanted to dive down and explore the ocean but I run out of air like every 10 seconds. 
Mm-hmm. And I started to pick up supplies and there's a fabricator on your little pod. And I realized, oh, I have to gather resources and then build a better suit and then build a better oxygen and then build a scanner. And then this is basically No Man's Sky, but the not crap right. version, but also just <laughs> in the ocean. But also I, I constantly have to worry about breath. Also, luckily, they give you the option. The default mode of the game, you have to worry about thirst and hunger, too. And I was like, no. And so and so they were like, okay, then you just do survival light. And I'm like, fine. So there's actually an extra layer to the game where you have permadeath if you want. And then there's an extra layer in between that where you have to worry about hunger and thirst gauges. Mm. And I'm like, no. And unfortunately, it got to the point where it's getting too annoying to explore because I was constantly having to like all I wanted to do is swim around the ocean and find cool shit. But I I constantly had to worry about surfacing, and that just got really annoying to me. So I don't know if Below Zero is better. And it's definitely, again, as far as the art and the creatures and your factor on this alien ocean, all that's really cool. It's just I got sick of getting interrupted because I had to go take a breath, you know? Right. I had to go take a piss, man. Come on. And then just knowing, like, okay, I have to get these crystals but you have to get those from these other crystals but you have to refine from these pieces that i find of these coral but they're only over here so i go grab those <laughs> and i go back out to the thing to refine them and i go oh i i'm carrying too much shit okay i gotta dump those oh, oh oh i can i can make a portable thing to dump them okay i'll dump them in the portable thing and i'll go get the other wait where's my portable thing oh shit i just lost all the stuff i grabbed oh now i gotta grab it all over again <laughs> that bullshit not yeah. with it i didn't like it no thanks I played Tetris Effect. Oh, my God. You know what a big fan I am of Tetris, right? Mm Mm-hmm. This has got to be, outside of arguably the Tetris DS, the best version of Tetris I've ever played. Oh, Oh my God. It's so good. There is a journey mode, and they have all these other modes that I've tried some of them and others I still need to try. But the journey mode is like a story mode, and it's just... It's you're playing Tetris and there's these different environments and colors and different effects going on. And the music just really like syncs up mm-hmm. and is affected by how you're dropping the Tetrinos. Right. It is. It's amazing. And the difficulty ups and flows, if you're going through journey mode, like on normal or hard or easy or whatever, they'll increase the speed and decrease the speed. So it's, it's almost like running a marathon where like you have inclines and declines set on automatic. So sometimes yeah. I'll be doing really good and then they'll ramp up the speed and now I'm just trying to survive and not let my Tachinos get to the top and then it slows down again and I, I try to work it back down some more and it's in these chunks of levels. I was like, man, I got to take a spicy gummy and play this. This is amazing. <laughs> like it was that kind of vibe. I was immersed. And then I remember that there's actually a version of Tetris Effect on VR. This would be so perfect for VR because the marriage of music and gameplay and ambiance is just, wow, it's perfect. This yeah. is great. This has got to be easily my, in my top two Tetris games of all time. Easily the top two. I don't know. Ooh. I haven't sat with it long enough to know if it's better than Tetris DS. Because Tetris DS is so cool. But for anybody that's even just marginally a fan of Tetris, or you, you get down with Tetris 99 occasionally... You owe it to yourself to check out Tetris Effect. The thing is, it's been out for a while, so I've slept on this game. I got kind of burned because I bought that bad Tetris game that Ubisoft released. I can't remember what the name of that one was, but it was terrible. (laughs) And I was like, oh, no, I don't know if I want to buy any more Tetris games. I would say, if you haven't already checked it out, if you're a Tetris fan, because you were like me and you're like, I don't know if it's as good as people say it is. It is. It's as good as people say it is. It's better than what people say it is. I'm mad that I didn't try it before. Thank you, Xbox Series X Game Pass. Game Pass. 
Games Pass. The last thing that I'm going to talk about that I grabbed specifically on Games Pass, even though it's not the only thing I played this week, Forza Horizon 4. I downloaded it specifically because I wanted to go find Cedric's records and beat them. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, Audio Nerd 64, friend me. But it doesn't work like the original Forza Horizon, which is my, the last one I played was the original one on 360. And you have what they call these drive avatars or avatars made up of your friends that play Forza and they just drive Uh around the world. And have you ever played Forza Horizon? Yeah, I played the third one. Okay. So you kind of know the general concept. Yeah, but in 4, they do away with that, so you can't really challenge Drivatars to impromptu races. And there are some things where you can check your friend's records, but they make it more difficult to do so when you finish certain races. So there were some things that I was able to beat his records on, like most roads driven on or like a stunt jump. And I saw that, you know, he got so many feet and I was like, I got so many more feet. Ha ha. (laughs) other than that it didn't feel as satisfying to beat records as it did in the original forza aside from that though forza horizon 4 is really cool because i don't think they had this in 3 but they have seasons so you're like in this huge chunk of europe and the countryside in england or whatever i don't remember exactly where you are but it will switch from summer to fall to winter to spring And you can do that as you gain clout and the races and the roads and the physics completely change from one season to another. And Mm. the landscape is even more varied than the one I originally played. It's still cheesy. I mean, you played Forts. It's like, oh, come and join us. It's off the (laughs) chain, off the hook. Oh, yeah. Appropriated culture. Uh, It's bad. So um, the radio was a mixed bag. There were some songs on it that were good. I remember Cedric on one of the previous episodes of Gamer Friends, he was louding the radio on Forza Horizon 4. He was like, this the first one where I didn't put on Spotify. It's the best radio ever. And I think that that was just kind of honeymooning. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you just started playing the game because I got to Rapper's Delight and I was like, nope. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Why is Rapper's Delight on this radio? That song sucks. I'm sorry, old people. That song sucks. It's bad. And you know what's funny about Rapper's Delight? It had to be edited a lot. Like the way that they edit songs in Forza Horizon is they just kind of drop out the questionable term. Mm -hmm. You know, one of them says something like, because again, I didn't notice this before until they actually cut it out. And I was like, oh, he made a gay joke there. Oh, I forgot that that was a lot of rappers like that. Oh, Oh, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, That didn't age well. (laughs) And I, I used to think the Rapper's Delight was so tame. Like, basically, Rapper's Delight to me is like the kid's bop of rap. You know, <laughs> there's a whole verse about a guy eating a bad chicken dinner at his friend's house. Like, <laughs> that's just, I mean, again, you know, you got to crawl before you walk. I get it, rap music. I get it. There's a lot of 80s rap songs that I love, but it's just, why are we hanging on to Rapper's Delight? It's not that good. Let mm-hmm. it go. Let it go, guys. That's my side rant about Rapper's Delight. Moving on. So Monster Hunter Stories 2 dropped today as of the time of recording on the 9th. Mm-hmm. I got a chance to check that out and I was using my Amiibos to get like different costumes and things. Cool. I love a game that uses Amiibos. I'm so not when you, I'm sorry, yeah, when what? you're using your Amiibos, are you like pulling them all out of your China cabinet and got them all sitting on your lap and you're just like, woohoo. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> You shut up about me and my Amiibos. I love them, and they love me. He said, I got to take a half hour to take these bugs out. Right. 
scan each and every one. Well, luckily, <laughs> and I'm so glad they did this. I was gonna do that. I had I had it ready to go, and I definitely <laughs> did it with all the Monster Hunter amiibo that I have because. Mm. They will give you for each set. So the Japan Japanese set, if you just scan one of them, you get the thing. And if you scan another, it says you already got the thing, but here's some extra rewards. So any amiibo will get you like items and shit, right? Oh, okay. And then you get a special outfit for the set for Rise, the set for this game, and then the set for the original Monster Hunter stories. So you're not which sucks is I actually the ones that I still had in box from Japan, I took them out not knowing that. And I didn't kind of have, oh. I didn't have to. <laughs> so I deboxed some, but I mean, whatever. I was never going to get rid of yeah, them. Yeah, you were going to do that anyway. Yeah. yeah. So eventually I was going to debox them. So I deboxed them, but they limit you to only scanning 10 amiibos a day. And I was like, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> you don't understand. I would have been here for hours. <laughs> I would have been here forever. No. So mm-hmm. that's really nice. And since I have that little book of Zelda amiibos, like via, via cards, I would just scan like 10 of those and I wouldn't have to worry about displacing all my amiibos. So that's nice, too. Nope. So there you go. But yeah, it's a good RPG and it's interesting because and the way it marries a lot of the traditional Monster Hunter tropes into an RPG. I don't know if it's going to have staying power with me because the the story is story. It's village of monster rider people who train monsters. A monster got angry. Here's an egg. There's a mysterious girl. People are chasing her. Let's go hunt monsters for a few hours. Mm-hmm. You're a new monster rider. We'll train you up. So I'm still kind of in the baby tutorial uh, missions, learning about finding eggs and hatching them and grabbing resources and shit like that. And it's mm-hmm. cool. But it, yeah, it hasn't really gripped me or taken off or anything yet. So uh, yeah. more to come on that. Again, I really just got it because I want to make sure I got a Raise Wing Amiibo. If it wasn't for the Amiibo, I probably wouldn't own this game. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be That's kind of how I felt when I was playing the demo. I was like, okay, this is just pretty much baby's first JRPG. Yeah, feels. I mean, it's a little more complicated than that. I don't want to yeah. like cut it down and say like it's Metopia or anything, <laughs> but... I don't know. I need more time with it. I do think if you're a Monster Hunter fan and you like JRPGs, this is going to be your jam for sure. Yeah, the thing the thing that confused me about the gameplay was the uh, battle system, the power, speed and technical. Uh Sometimes even if I picked the one that was better Uh than the enemy, I still took damage. You will. You'll take a little bit of damage because they still take into account your strength versus their strength. Think of it like giving you an advantage as far as any disparity between you and the enemy but Mm -hmm. not completely negating damage so it's not like rock paper scissors where they win you lose you win they lose right it's just a trade-off also another thing to get into which you don't they don't really highlight in the demo the different weapons now you can carry three different weapons at a time right Uh you really want to do stop and experiment because just like they kind of showed you with the hammer and that one monster that holds up a rock, there are mm-hmm. monsters that are weak to bows or gun lances, and that's it, or they're more weak to swords or mallets or whatever, right? So you also yeah. have to take that into account as well as the power, speed, technical dynamic, and then the timing to which you actually use special abilities and when you ride the monster and use the monster abilities because you get points for when you decide to do these things and how you implement them in battle. And that's really where it's at. Because these battles are about gathering experience but also resources. And S-ranking battles is something you want to continue to do. Which gets harder as the battles get tougher. 
So you want to use your special abilities that you accrue and the points you have to, to execute those abilities with good timing in order to get the most out of them points-wise. And that's where the strategy comes in. Okay. All right. So, yeah. I, I'm into it. I mean, it's charming. I like Naviru. I think he's pretty cool. But, again, I, time will tell if I'm going to, like, really get into this and finish it. And we'll talk about that on subsequent episodes, probably. Mm. All right. Let me get to my streaming games real quick. So, Monday Night Brawlers. I played Urban Rain. I'm actually glad I went ahead and played that because they do have a multiplayer version. But it's isolated from the main campaign. So I think okay. if, if you came over, we probably would have just played Mortal Kombat. Speaking of which, okay. do you want to maybe do an early episode of Brawlers this Monday? Yeah, we can try it. Okay, all right. Yeah, so yeah. schedule's willing. We'll try that out. We'll play Mortal Kombat. If not, I think I am going to play Battletoads. So either Battletoads, Solo, or Mortal Kombat with you, I think, is what we're going to do upcoming Monday. But Urban okay. Rain. Urban Rain's actually kind of tough. Yeah, um, no, it's... Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the difficulty spikes randomly, too. I think with enough time with it, you can get really good at it. But the thing is, the most crucial mechanic is definitely the dodge. And the timing can change from enemy to enemy, I've noticed. And then, of course, picking abilities where you can kind of, like, jump off the wall and do, like, the, the series of chain kicks or the grabs, different stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's impossible, but it's definitely not a game that's going to go easy on you. And if you make a mistake, it'll make you suffer for it. Also, what I don't like is the structure. They just kind of toss you into, they load you up in an arena with one or multiple people. Usually if it's one, you're it's, it's over for you. The one-on-one fights mm-hmm. are the worst because they make the guy really tough. You're but right. yeah, and there's a woman you meet early on in like one of the cutscenes in, in the beginning of the game who's giving you missions. I still don't know what the fuck I'm doing or why. I'm beating people up because I'm not yeah. like a mercenary or a cop. I'm just some dude who does things my dude. own way. Um, right. It's And I think he's voiced by Steve Bloom, actually. I think he's Spike. I'm uh, sure he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, there was definitely cool moments, but there was just no story. It was just text. It was just the girl going, these guys, you got to fight because you got to show them who's boss. And, and we don't know which <laughs> gang they're with. So give them. Punch him in the face. All right, thanks. Right. <laughs> and <laughs> because of you, you have an RPG mechanic where you get uh, one or two points to pour into attack or defense. Defense is crazy because it's like overall endurance, head endurance, upper body endurance, lower body endurance. And I'm like, really? Do I need all this? <laughs> <laughs> it, you can't grind or replay previous missions to get more points if things get hard. So why is it there other than to give you the potential to misspend your points and therefore make the game impossible for you. So you have to start over. Mm. Like I was ready to like Google and look up a guide, like how to properly build your character to actually get through this game. Cause I was just putting all my points into strike, which was cool. But then if I got punched once, I just went down. <laughs> so, ah, uh, urban rain, maybe with a guide. I don't know. It's still it, graphically, especially for the time it came out, it looks great. Yeah. And it plays great. It plays a lot like a fighting game, like Tekken or something. It's yeah. just well, yeah. It's the basically the same developer. Yeah, yeah. And I like that it's basically Tekken Force mode from Tekken Three, mm-hmm. just <laughs> just upgraded and updated. Yeah, like as its own game. You're completely yeah. right. That's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And when First, you have two players, you can do uh, like combo throwing moves, mm-hmm. and they're they're so cool. 
<laughs> I don't know if you were able to see any or looked any up, but they're so cool, man. I saw some two-player combo stuff with like the videos or whatever that autoplay when you don't press start on the game. Uh-huh. Like like the second player could play as the woman who is a total smoke show, by the way. That dress, I was like, <laughs> "Woo, girl!" And again, on PS2, I was like, "Look at you with your bad self on PS2." Right. <laughs> usually, usually men and women on PS2 when they try to look sexy, it does not work out. <laughs> but no, she was looking all right. I was like, "Let's spend some time on this chick." Right. Um, but uh, yeah, for first time Tuesdays, I played the Unmetal demo. Remember Unmetal? I was talking about it during the E3 coverage. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's the uh, spoof of Metal Gear on MSX. Yeah, it's not as funny as I thought it would be, unfortunately. No. Yeah, like it's definitely very referential and it's third wall breaking or whatever. And that's cute at first. But the humor never really landed outside of one or two times, maybe just once, actually, while I was playing it. The gameplay is pretty competent and. I was enjoying when I played of it. The demo ended like 45 minutes, though, and I'm like, I usually play two hours on Tuesdays. So I very awkwardly fumbled through trying to start another game on Steam, but then I found out during the stream that it was broken. I was like, oh, that's cool. I spent money on that. I think it was like Legacy of Kane. Legacy of Kane just doesn't work. So I have to figure out what's going on with that. So I fired up my uh, PS2 emulator, and after a couple of false starts and then having to, like, tweak the speed because it was like 1.5 speed for some reason i I started playing michigan report from hell Mm -hmm. michigan report from hell is a ps2 horror game developed by grasshopper suda 51 basically so think killer seven no more heroes shadows of the damned stuff like that killer Uh, is dead killer is dead let it die yeah all that stuff so it's definitely there's this uh, there's this meter at the t- like you're a cameraman and I guess you're supposed to capture like weird events and you're with this other guy. He's a boom mic operator named Briscoe. He's the worst. And there is <laughs> a uh, reporter. Briscoe is like, hey, there's yeah. You see that woman over there? She's that famous reporter you've heard of. Don't try to talk to her, though. She's way out of your league. And at the top of your <laughs> camera, there is a kind of suspense for S on the right side. And on the left, there's E for erotic so apparently Mm. the shots that you can take could either be suspenseful like action or horror or they can be erotic and i found out pretty quickly what suda 51 meant by that because there's a moment where you're filming the female reporter and she's walking backwards and you have a chance to Uh. warn her and i did before she fell over a board but if you let her fall over you can shoot an upskirt and i'm like god damn it japan nice (laughs) (laughs) yeah which, again, is on brand for Suda51. I like how strange and weird his games are. But, man, if you go back through the lens of sexism, it is it is bad. I think we talked about, like, the opening of No More Heroes 2 and how bad that was. Yeah. But it's just like, come on, man. But anyways, the, the game itself was actually pretty funny in the bad voice acting. But it was also very slowly paced. So the moments that were actually interesting were kind of few and far between as I was playing. It may be something I'll revisit for Friday Night Frights as a lark, but I'm glad I had this practice run on Tuesday for filler because there was a lot of stuff in the game that wasn't explained. Like in the beginning, he was like, focus on these boxes. And I looked at him and I zoomed in and I didn't really know what I was doing. Uh, Mm. And it just (laughs) wouldn't advance. And I found out that I had to look at them and then I had to press A just because. Wow. Just because. And it didn't tell you that. It doesn't explain that to you. So something... (laughs) I took a disturbingly long amount of time to figure out. 
All right, so played some more Judgment for Casual Thursdays. Not much more to say. It's a great game. I'm not going to bore you with uh, going on and on about that, especially since you're going to play mm-hmm. it pretty soon. Maybe something we yeah. can do a spoiler cast about this year. Yeah. And then Resident Evil Village. I was supposed to be up against Heisenberg, but he set up basically a gauntlet of werewolves for me to fight. Those really tough werewolf creatures. Like I was uh-huh. in this... Um, I was in this kind of silo or castle with them, and they just were endless. And then I fought the big giant werewolf guy with a huge hammer, kicked yeah. his ass, and, <laughs> and now I think I finally am on my way to see Heisenberg. So by the time this episode releases on Twitch and YouTube, I will have hopefully already defeated him, and I'm moving on to Mother Miranda. So I think I'm pretty close to beating the game. Yeah, I really like it. Close. This is one of the first Resident Evil games I've played in a while where I'm like really keen to go back and play through a second time. Like I'm excited to do so. I mean, yeah. most Resident Evil games are already like that, but this one in particular, I feel like I'd have a lot of fun with. So I can't, I don't really have anything bad to say about it. It's been entertaining from start to finish. So Good. yep, yep, yep. All right. Well, I think about at this time, because I'm just out of breath and I've played too many games this week, <laughs> it might be time <laughs> to get into gaming news. What we got this week for gaming news, Derek? All right. So we got a Xbox Series S portable screen that attaches to your console. It's from a company called Upspec Gaming, and they put a Kickstarter up for it, and it was funded in 20 minutes. Wow. Now, I don't know if you guys. uh, How much was the funding for? Oh, I think it was only for like nine grand or something. Like some very, very small, but they had 362 kickstarters or funders or whatever they call backers don't backers there you go mm-hmm. and I, I just think that's really cool because i remember back in the day of like ps1 and 2 and gamecube where you had those the lcd screen for yeah, the PS1, little screen you could attach mm-hmm. and they were so small and tiny and it was like the coolest fucking thing like you saw it all the time but you never owned it type mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. and i always wanted one of those things but looking back now i'm like that lcd screen for that ps1 was really small like you had to be up on that thing to be able to see what you were playing still cool for the time yeah yeah, this screen is like basically the size of the series s in itself so it it would fold over it like a macbook right that's exactly understanding okay yeah so i think that's really cool uh you can go on kickstarter and back them if you want to get one for yourself Mm -hmm. it's the xbox series x x screen what's the buy-in for it you can reserve the screen for one dollar or you could lock in early bird pricing for 159 dollars the full price of it would be 249 dollars not bad so the type of screen it's not it's not bad it's a little more than well no it's not a little more than what i would pay i I just wouldn't pay for that but it is a cool thing that exists if you have a series s and the beautiful thing about this is this is one of the first consoles that's all digital that has it might be the first console that's all digital that has a screen like this that attaches to it so you don't have to carry around your games or anything maybe like over to your friend's house or you may or may not have heard of this especially since you go to a lot of resale shops like disc replay but there are other versions or prototypes of this that have been done for previous systems like xbox one okay yeah like it would come in almost like a briefcase carrying case and you would open it up and the console oh like the games monitor yeah and the games yeah yeah. on the top so, I mean, it's similar to that, but obviously, like you said, how you described it, it's more attached like it would be with the original, like, PlayStation 1 monitor, how they did it. Right. So. And the the main thing, to my point, was that the console is all digital. 
so you don't have to right. take any. You don't have to lug you. any games with you. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. It's a cool idea, yeah, and I'm glad that it got funded. That's really neat. Yep. A funny thing that happened. Apparently, Sony had an ad running that featured an upside down PS5. <laughs> Yeah, because it already looks like it's upside down. Right. When it's laying flat horizontally, Mm. they had the disk drive on the top instead of on the bottom. So Sony quickly pulled that ad. I just thought that was funny. That <laughs> yeah, not even the their people, own people know which way. Yeah, it's the people. To go. The, yeah, it's like what? What is this hulking monstrosity? Well, that's how I thought I was, it went too. <laughs> Remember how originally I was like, I put my disc in the wrong way. Right, <laughs> and you know, kind of, it makes sense when you think about it. You would think the internals of everything would be more towards the inside, like the disc, the laser, and everything. You think would be yeah. towards the center of the console, but exactly, no, it's, no, it's, it's on, on the, the butt. Yeah. It's on a booty. <laughs> it's something I have to like actively think about every single time I put a disc into my PS5 just because oh, yeah. my brain doesn't want to work that way. It's like, no, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't go towards the middle, it goes towards the outside. So, yeah, and now that I think about it bottom, though, even if you stood the Xbox 360 up, when did you put the disc in the same way or did it go in from the right side? Well, the thing with the 360 is the disc tray was smack dab in the middle of the tray and the tray itself came out and it had writing on it. So you knew which way it went. <laughs> this one is just a hole and it's like on like a butt, like a, a portion of the shell that's jutting out. Mm-hmm. And so you could easily think of it as on the top of the console as as on the bottom in fact you would think on the top because it would lay less oblong if it was on the top but that's not where it's supposed to go so of course they got confused i'm still confused (laughs) why they make it look like that you know what i'm gonna add another cool thing about the series x it doesn't make you look like a fucking asshole right this thing looks nice (laughs) it's just a small black box i mean the holes at the top with the green is stupid but (laughs) but not near as stupid as this monstrosity router bullshit that i have in the middle of my entertainment center sitting straight up yeah it's so so ugly it is it is it's so ugly why did you do that playstation (laughs) they were like the future is now like you remember that boomerang (laughs) controller we had for ps3 well watch us top that right (laughs) anyways Man. Well, onto some other interesting things. There is an amiibo rumor flying around, which I think is probably false, but people were there there's been an image floating around of II, the little monkey from Super Monkey Ball, having his own amiibo, and that's releasing in October, so we'll find out soon enough if that's true or oh, not. Okay. But I mean, Metroid Dread's coming out in October, and those amiibos are already dropped and been pre ordered to death and are sold out already. So right. I don't know. Plus the Nintendo logo on the Amiibo box was red, which is usually only reserved for first-party games for Amiibos. Mm. The logo actually changes color when you when you got like a Capcom Amiibo, for instance. Ah. So I think it might be faked. But it would be cool. I would love a Super Monkey Ball Amiibo. That would be so neat. Like him and his I would love ball just, on the stand. Yeah, a bunch of just third-party Amiibos. Like, just get them done. Get them made. Yeah, Capcom's going in. I'm amazed they didn't do... I mean, well, I guess... Now that I think about it for two seconds, I'm not amazed anymore. I was going to say, I'm amazed they don't do any Amiibo for Resident Evil. But (laughs) but Village didn't come out for Switch. But the thing is, they do have other Resident Evil games for Switch. I want Resident Evil Amiibo, damn it. Maybe that'll be the the last uh, Smash character. Maybe it'll be Leon, since he's so popular and gets (laughs) all all the CG movies. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that. (laughs) Yeah, we'll talk about that. And then in in more disappointing news, we did not get a Switch Pro this week. 
But all of those manufacturing rumors about the OLED screen and this and that and the other were true because very quietly on a Tuesday in the morning, I woke up to this on in my Twitter Tuesday. feed. They released the Switch OLED. Switch I, actually, OLED I think it's model. Called, I think it's called Switch parentheses OLED model. That's the name. That's so the it's, name. We asked for a Switch Pro and they gave us a Switch Amateur. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was desperately looking at this thing, trying to figure out if there were any actual upgrades to the performance or the power. All it is is um, a better speaker, a wider kickstand, the OLED screen itself. So think like a, a, a if you ever owned a PlayStation Vita, it looks that crisp and beautiful, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Not enough for me to go out and spend $350 on it. So you had the regular Switch model right. at 300 and it's 350 Here's the big thing, though. I think this is the thing that's going to move units, Derek. Are you ready? No, I think I am. What is okay, it? Okay, we go from a 6.2-inch screen, wait for it, mm. to a 7-inch screen. Boom, baby, Switch, seven switch OLED? More inches. like SWOLED. You know what I'm saying? Man, oh. I'm saying. You... <laughs> Girl, are you going to stay over there with your 6.2-inch man, or are you going to get you a 7-inch man? <laughs> Actually, you know, sexually, that would make a big difference now that I think well, about you know. it. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Anyways, <laughs> the, the Switch OLED model, who is this for? It is for someone who, for some reason, has not bought a Switch yet. <laughs> and decided not only do I now want to get a Switch, I want to get the most expensive Switch. Yeah, I mean, here's the here's the thing, and it's unfortunate, but it's going to sell. Gamebusters. Yeah, it's going so? to sell. So yeah, I think it's if not only for, I feel like scalpers might stay away from this one, but who fucking knows? I hope they don't. I hope they go all in and then they yeah. just get screwed. But you're also getting that land port. Yeah, you're but you can spend thirty dollars and, and get get you can attach one. <laughs> here's the funny thing. Because I was watching videos on it, and when I thought back on it, I was like, wow, this is the first Nintendo console with a LAN port. Is that true? I thought... Uh, I, I, the Wii U did GameCube? not have one. No? The Wii didn't have one. The GameCube didn't the have one. The GameCube definitely didn't have one. Okay. Well, they might have had an, like an extension that you could buy for it or whatever. I don't know about all that third-party yeah. shit, but yeah. I mean, whatever. It's not that monumental to me. It's it's not. That. It's <laughs> I was watching video. They said, "Hey, Nintendo 2001 called." Yeah. <laughs> right. Maybe pretty soon we'll be able to talk to each other over the game. Wouldn't that be neat? <laughs> right? Nintendo <laughs> introduces revolutionary voice chat. You know, I'm talking shit, but it, the thing is, Nintendo has introduced a lot of things to the gaming world first. Yeah, they, they were the first ones to do a controller because before that it was Atari joysticks. Yep. So that little two-button NES, first first people to do it. They were the first ones to introduce vibration. Before PlayStation, they had the Rumble Pack for N64. Mm-hmm. The analog sticks, the well, the single analog stick, they were the first to yeah. do that. They're probably a first at a few other things. I mean, motion controls, they popularized that, right, mm-hmm. with the Wii. So I don't want to knock them too much. They usually lead the way and then get copied. And then the copies end up kind of improving and making the whole thing better. But still... 
They're the so ones maybe out now there they're risking like, it all with those crazy ass ideas. Yeah, now they're like, fuck innovation. <laughs> Let's yeah. just do what's going to make money, which is fine because, well, I mean, the Switch the is first... an amazing sensor. Yeah, it, and it's not the first increment. I think people are thinking more of the Switch like a console, which it is, but we have to also remember it's a Nintendo handheld. In the, in the world yeah. of Nintendo handhelds, this is like the Game Boy Advance going to the Game Boy Advance SP. Remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> and I wasn't mad at all about that. You know why? I think you know why. I think you know what I'm about to say. Because the, the Game Boy screen, Advance yeah. SP had a fucking backlit screen. Yes. Mm-hmm. You already know. <laughs> and oh my god, that changed the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was needed so bad for that system. So I think the thing is with this, this ain't fixing any any glaring issues or needs for people. And again, it's not a console bump up. It's not keeping up with the current trend or the need or, or desire for 4K gaming. I get it. I'm a little even... disappointed in myself, but I'm just going to pass it by and be thankful that that's, it's not going to hit my wallet this fall like so many other things. You know? Yeah, I, and I'm fine with it not being 4K. I just need that performance to be better. Yeah, like having a better locked frame rate would be nice. Yes. Say <sighs> lovey. Still, I love mm. my Switch, and I love the games that are exclusive to Switch. I don't need the Switch Pro, but it would have been nice. So we'll get a they, Switch Pro in another two years when they yeah. do another revision of the Switch. Yeah. So someday, just, just be patient, everybody. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I got plenty to tide me over. Got my series. I mean, I'm. I'm yeah, spoiled. no, you're, you're not. Yeah, <laughs> I'm spoilt. You're not hurting for any I got entertainment. PC, I got four modern ways to play games. Got the PC, got Series X, got PS5, got Switch. I'm good to go. Yeah. All right. Speaking of good to go, Sony had their state mm. of play this week. And nah, it was OK. Like, it wasn't like I, I'm glad they didn't show up at E3 because we would have made fun of them like we made fun of Capcom. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> so I'm just going to quickly run through the games that were shown. And then afterwards, we can talk about whatever we found interesting. So I don't think I wrote down every single game. So if I miss one, let me know. But we had okay. a Moss sequel announced for PlayStation VR. Okay. Uh, Arcade Again, which I think is on PS5 now as like a alpha or a trial. Tribes okay. of Midgard. Fist or what they call Forged in Shadow Torch. Yeah, Shadow Torch. <laughs> yep. Whatever. Let's see. Hunter's Arena Legends, Sifu, Jet, Demon Slayer, Lost Judgment, which is a sequel to Judgment, more mm-hmm. on Death Stranding, Director's Cut, and then a huge gameplay showcase for Deathloop, which good which news for Deathloop is, fans. Yeah, but I just feel like that gameplay showcase for Deathloop is completely unnecessary. We've seen so much of that game already. Oh, yeah. You, you, don't, you don't, don't think it showed anything new? I kind of skimmed it. I wasn't really interested, but... Yeah, it was too long. It was way too long. Mm. <laughs> I was just like, okay, it's it's dishonored. We get it. Like, okay. it's not really, yeah. Yeah, they focused on all the different ways to set up kills and dispatch enemies and all that, which I don't think surprised anybody, but maybe there was some new information in there for those who are following it closely. I don't know. Mm. If you're a fan of Deathloop and you want to see more, this is definitely the best thing to look at at this point. Mm. Anyways, Deathloop drops September 14th. 
Death Stranding Director's Cut. So they showed everything that they're going to upgrade, new melee, new combat, new combat tools like portable or like, I guess, standalone turrets or something. Mm -hmm. There's new encounters and story missions and boss battles. There's new cargo delivery systems like a cargo cannon. Basically, picture a giant t-shirt cannon, but you shoot cargo (laughs) to the destination. It looks like there was what they call the fragile raceway. It looked like a VR thing where you can race cars, I guess. And speaking of VR, there was a training area where you can like practice shooting, like a almost like back when Metal Gear released VR missions. VR missions, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's what it reminded me of. I don't know. You can upgrade your PS4 version if you bought the game to PS5 for 10 bucks or just buy the game itself for like 60 or 70, depending on what you get it on. Mm. I might check it out. I don't know if there's enough here to really make the game better. But maybe there's enough tweaks. They hinted at enough tweaks to where it doesn't feel like such a slog because you also have like robot buddies you can ride around with. It looks like they tweaked yeah. some of the vehicles. I don't know. What do you what do you think? Like I didn't I like <laughs> I only played the first game. I mean, the original version for one or two hours and I was done. I was like, this is this is stupid. So you didn't even really get to the part where it opens up, which is like five no. hours in. Like a yeah, no. and, <laughs> <laughs> But even then, a JRPG is like kind of fun in the beginning. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the cannon seems nice. I like that uh, they added that ramp in that you could set up <laughs> so mm-hmm. you can actually cross. So you can actually uh, jump a cannon chasms. and not worry about falling yeah. down. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I can't overall, wait to see Jockey play this game. <laughs> yeah. The funny thing is when you asked <laughs> what was missing from the game, <laughs> apparently quite a bit. <laughs> right i was like, like how was that, that not was, the director how was that cut? not the director well when you think director's cut you think deleted scenes and stuff like that but you know when it comes right. to a video game he's like no i just added all this extra shit all right yeah no it's cool it's fun but uh i mean we'll cool for death stranding fans cool for people who haven't played it yet and were interested and now they have a better reason to play it yeah got a better version hopefully lost yeah. judgment looks great i liked you know they start off very serious like they did with the original judgment trailers where they show you like you know there's a murder mystery there was a a dead body left in bodies (laughs) but then it just shoots to all the bullshit that you really come to the game for tack gets a dog he's boxing there's a dancing minigame there's battle robots there's racing there's skateboarding there's more traversal options there's stupid silly combat your favorite characters are returning like sugiru and kaito i love it it looks great i'm gonna get it that comes yeah. out uh, on the 24th. I think the same day that the director's cut of Snap Death Stranding comes out. They're both the 24th on of... September 24th. Damn, so many games. I know. I, I will I will say this. Like like you told me before, I got a PS5 at the right time. Because these games are starting to drop like every month. Yeah, dude. Like the better versions of the PS5 versions of games anyway. that mm-hmm. <laughs> They're dropping every month. Like Tales of Arise comes out in September. Lost Judgment comes out in September. Mm-hmm. Death Stranding comes out. It's just, it's a lot. Yeah, Demon Slayer's coming out on October 15th for PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. I'm not really a big Demon Slayer fan, but I know you are. Did you have anything to say about it? Um, I mean, it's a CyberConnect game. They're the people that do the Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm games. Uh, If it plays anything like those games, it'll be a good fun time for however long you you want to play it. But Mm. I don't think I'm going to jump into it just because, like, Naruto... So many characters, so many different like moves and combos you can do. Demon Slayer, each character you play as basically is just using a sword. Mm. And it just seems like it's going to be a little samey to me. 
Uh, some of the boss battles looked really cool, but... Yeah, I was going to say, that, it looked yeah. like the uniqueness in the game did revolve around the boss battles because of the environmental hazards and the type of uh, attacks that you have to react to. Yeah, and the story modes for their games are always like fire. Like, they're always really good, really cinematic. Yeah. Very, uh, what is the word? Ah, very faithful to the source material. So, so how I will are you get not it. Playing? Yeah, I was going to say, how are you not going to no. play this? You love Demon Yeah, no, Slayer. I... Yeah, I will get it. It's just like I've seen the show and the show is so fucking good and so beautifully animated that I don't think that the game can match that. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Okay, fair enough. So, you know, one game get I it. saw that I, I think I've seen before, but I don't remember it when I saw it on the state of play. It got me really interested. Remember that game called Jet with two T's? Yeah. So you're exploring an alien planet, and it looks like your main mode of traversal is basically jetting across the planet, this little rocket. Mm-hmm. And you're with a team that's kind of doing scouting and just trying to figure out if the planet's inhabitable, I guess. And you don't you actually work to avoid conflict and the game presents situations that make that kind of difficult. So it's less about fighting and more about surviving. Mm-hmm. And the different environments they showed in the trailer make the, made the planet and exploring it look really interesting to me. And it also looked a little cerebral because aside from all the laid back and planet exploring and, and checking things out and the fun traversal, it also had for the main character some story bits and some dream sequences that would break up that type of gameplay as well. I don't know. It looked very imaginative, you know which is one of the cool things about video games is exploring a new world. And so many times, especially nowadays, I feel like the world is just the backdrop for, you know, what you're doing. You don't really notice the art or the effort that's put into it, but that seems to be the focus of this game. So I don't know. I'm intrigued at least. Yeah. I, I, it didn't really interest me. Didn't light your fire. Yeah. I thought the art was kind of iffy on the characters and stuff. It just looked a little weird to me. I don't know. Just being a little bougie, I guess. I don't know. It reminded me like a graphic novel. They were all very blocky and square, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I get you. Sifu. They showed a little bit more for Sifu. So we've been following that because it looks like a cool beat-em-up. Did you notice in that trailer that every time he de- he got defeated or smacked down, like the his age ticked up? Yeah. So I'm guessing that... I don't know exactly how it's going to play mechanically, but I'm guessing as far as the story, you're progressing through this character's life. And Sifu, which is Chinese for master, maybe in reference to you starting out learning Kung Fu and practicing it till you get really old and you become a master, I'm I'm assuming. Yeah. Is that kind of the... I think. I uh, think. That's what it looks like, but... They, they don't really... Like, other don't than know. just showing you kick ass, that's all they really show. There's no story bits. I'm yeah, like he turns 54. <laughs> yeah, at yeah. this point, I'm like, this game is seeming a little bare bones, which is not a big deal of a beat em up. But I'm wondering if there is any story, or if it's just if it's just drop you in a level and age you ten years if you lose. Like, what's going on? Yeah, he's like, I turned 54. Now I can use a baseball bat. <laughs> I learned the secret technique: poke you in the right. eyeballs. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also. <laughs> It was funny the way they did this because they did it like it was a good thing. They they showed 2021 and then they crossed it out and went boom early 2022. Okay, right. Okay. It's like kind of wanted to play that this year. We're doing it later. <laughs> Fuck you. <Right. laughs> I was like, okay. 
So yeah. Sifu will beat your ass. <laughs> <laughs> but like later, so you got more right. time to, to say goodbye to your loved ones. <laughs> Something that's coming to PlayStation Plus, so we'll easily be able to check it out early August, is Hunter's Arena Legends. They described it in the trailer as a battle royale fighting game with a solo mm-hmm. and trio mode. So think Fortnite, but instead of guns, they kind of drop you in where you can fight NPC monsters and gods and demons, but also like your unique fighting character can run into and fight other fighting characters as well. And then trio mode would be the same thing other than you're working with you and two other people to take, you know, to be the winners of the particular match. The fact that it's free and it looks so different from most other Battle Royale games, I'm going to give it a look-see. I don't know. What What do you think about it? You know me. I'm not big on multiplayer stuff, man. So, yeah. Okay. Just drop in, drop out. Cool, whatever. Have fun over there somewhere away from me. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we had Tribes of Midgard, up to 10 players. Looks like a live service Diablo game, July 27th. Arcade get-in. I don't remember. I kind of don't care. Fist coming out September 7th. Which actually did look cool. Fist looks just 2D Yeah, it just looked like it was trying to be too edgy. Fist forged in Shadow Torch. Yeah, it's a a little bunny rabbit with a giant giant. arm. (laughs) And I can also have a drill on it. Yeah, so I'll probably be getting that one the side eye too. Mm. All right, so the only other thing we had in news this week that we're going to get to just not right now was Resident Evil Infinite Darkness dropped on Netflix this week, and it's just under two hours, so it's really easy to watch. We're going to wait till the end of the episode. We're going to start with spoiler-free talk, and then I will very specifically say when we're going to start the spoiler talk. But, of course, both segments will be time-stamped. So when we get to that Mm. point and we get to the spoiler part, at that point you can just time-stamp past it. In fact, since it's the last thing... You can shut the episode off if you want. I don't care. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but uh, yeah, before we get into that, some listener question follow up. So last week we talked about the video of the guy saying, this is all I have when the woman was talking to him about his video games. Well, apparently it wasn't a talking to. Ron B actually sent us a link to the TikTok video and both of us watched it today. And basically... The woman has the camera in her hand. She's making a TikTok video and on it in quotes, it says, this is all I have. So she wrote that down when she uploaded the video, which makes it even more jerky. She basically just walks up while he's playing his PlayStation and shuts it off. And he sees her starting to do it. He's like, no, 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 no. And and he's like, why would you Mm. do that? And she's like, because you're on it all the time. And he's like, this is all I have. (laughs) And it just ended. And yeah. there were a lot of responses, you know, a lot of women and men chiming in. But one of the responses he wanted to focus on was a response video where they showed it. And a man just says, hey, look around your house and find the thing that, you know, your guy can do to relax that he enjoys. Not his tools that he uses to fix shit, not the lawnmower or any of, any of that stuff that it's more of a responsibility. But look around and find the thing in the house that he uses to decompress. Likely, it's a console, Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I thought about my own house when we were considering buying a house and going to have it built. My thing was I want a basement and I was like, the basement's mine. And that way you can decorate the rest of the house or do whatever with the rest of the house that you want to do and just let me have the basement. That's where I'm going to decompress. And, right. and, you know, of course, I use video games primarily to decompress. I, I know you do, too. Yep. So then it became a question of when he says this is all I have, it seems like a lot of people interpreted that as... 
This is what I use to relax. Now, again, this is so out of context, even with the video. We don't know how long he plays video games, if he skirts any responsibilities to play video games. It was still dickish of her to film him and then shut his shit off. Yeah. I hated that. Completely disrespectful. Yeah, so disrespectful. But I don't know. Have you have, have your thoughts changed? I mean, what's your take on it? I mean, just from the context of the video. Well, actually, we have no context. We're just from watching the video. Like, I'm just like, damn, she disrespectful as fuck. <laughs> right. <laughs> and apparently he just he just needs his time to play his games. Like, we don't know all what all the time means to her. Does all the time mean, oh, he comes home for workplace for two hours and then the rest the next four hours of the night he's with her doesn't mm. mean he comes home and doesn't even have a job we don't know yeah. <laughs> like we don't know any we of these really things don't. so right. end of the day how i feel about it is if your significant other male or female doesn't matter is taking care of their responsibilities to you to your kids to your household then they should be allowed whatever time they need to enjoy themselves on their game console on their pool table on whatever the fuck they want to do you know what i mean mm-hmm. as long as everything is taken care of right right yeah yeah I, I guess his interpretation was that you know some wives and girlfriends aren't thrilled when they're dating or married to somebody who is a gamer because they may see it as immature and there is a bit of a stigma with people who don't play games although i feel like that's dissipating because more and more people are playing games across all walks of life yeah but yeah, maybe he was more seeing it as just a disrespect towards this hobby as something childish or something that it does isn't seen as much respect as say watching TV or reading books, I guess. Mm-hmm. And is... it sparks a conversation about being judgy about what somebody chooses to do to decompress. And as two grown man children, I can I think we can both relate to that. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> you know, but anybody in my life that looks down on me or talks shit about that i have eliminated and and by eliminate i want to just to note feds i did not kill anybody <laughs> all right i have eliminated them <laughs> i eliminated them no i just i just i just stopped talking to them they're in I the backyard in a hole <laughs> but no like you know that that's toxic when oh, yeah. somebody yucks your yum or they disrespect something because they feel like what you're doing isn't worthwhile and your bills are paid and your responsibilities are met and you take care of your people then fuck them yeah all right, that's Knock the update on that. Yeah, that's the update on that. So this week, I just got to know, Derek, what are you feeling? I'm feeling a YouTube channel by the name of Tronics Fix, which I just realized is short for Electronics Fix. <laughs> so, so basically, uh, I just found this guy today, and he basically just buys broken game systems, and he fixes them. And he shows you him taking them apart and cleaning them out. And if he needs a new part for it, he shows you putting the new part in. And it's just really like, it's really cool. I love watching videos like that where they take like an old, abused, beat up, gunky Game Boy and make it new. It's so cool. Yeah. And I look at it. I'm like, man, because, you know, I've dabbled in fixing stuff, Mm -hmm. but it just it seems to take a long time. But the way that he does it makes it seem like it just it's not hard at all. So I'm like, man, maybe I should buy me some. Well, I have like seven psps that need to be fixed i should just mm. go and figure out how to fix those so i can get some money but yeah if you're, if you're not <laughs> yeah. gonna sell them anyway use those things to practice on you know learn learn like which tools you got to keep by which supplies 
That's probably yeah. how he did it, I bet. That'd be cool. Plus, mm-hmm. then you can fix my PSP. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but yeah, man, so that's what I'm feeling this week. Uh, and it may have a little fire under me to go ahead and start fixing some consoles again. Cool. So Cool. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Well, this week I was checking out some Disney Plus and... I mean, this isn't like new, new, but newish. That new Pixar movie dropped, Luca. Have you seen it? Uh, only like twenty thousand fucking times. Nora's obsessed with Luca. <laughs> got it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Ben's obsessed with Luca too. I think he even got a Luca toy from McDonald's something recently. That oh, uh, she's got like seven Luca toys. Of course, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's actually really nice. I liked it. Yeah, it it's was a really sweet, cute. Sweet film. It was very sweet. It's definitely about an allegory about coming out as a gay child. Yeah, anybody uh, who says otherwise. Yeah, like Chris and I were both watching it like, they're gay, right? They're they're definitely <laughs> gay, right? Yeah. Uh, but for some reason, the director and people behind the movie don't want to admit that, even though that's clearly the story they were telling. It was really, it's really weird, the whole situation behind it. But yeah. it sparked like a lot of fans and art and cool shit. And the story is just really simple and sweet. And it's like a classic mm-hmm. Pixar tale. Um, and I, I really enjoyed it. So for those of you who have Disney plus and haven't checked it out, I think it's, it's fun for the whole family, obviously. Cause I, yeah, I watched it with my kid. You watched it with your kid. Uh, the mm. wives really like it. Uh, well, I'm, I'm speaking for Victoria. Did she enjoy it? Oh yeah. Yeah. There's tears flowing multiple parts in that movie. Oh, Vicky. Like I knew it. Yeah. I knew it. <laughs> me too. Hell. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I don't know if Luca made me cry. I think it, it came close. You know, one part I did like about Luca, I thought this was a really cool part. Do you mm-hmm. remember? I don't know the girl's name that they met that they befriended. Julia. 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 Thank you. Her dad, he's a fisherman and he's yes. missing one of his arms. And one mm-hmm. of the characters is like staring at his not arm. And he sees the character staring at it. He goes, This, I was born this way. And then he yeah. just like. Well, first like, he says, <laughs> first he says oh, yeah. a sea monster ate it. Yeah. And he's like, <gasps> and he goes, oh, right. no, I'm just kidding. I was born this way. And then like, he like chomps on a net and chops it with one hand and does something very deftly. And I thought right. it was cool that he didn't have some tragic backstory. He was just, he was born with a deformity and he lived with it and they didn't make a big deal out of right. it. You know, I was right. like, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I thought that was really, really cool. He's one of my favorite characters in the movie. Yeah, he's <laughs> especially cool. when he shows up, he's like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and he was actually pretty pivotal <laughs> towards the end of the film, too. And like, not to spoil anything, but uh, things could have went south pretty easily without his presence. So, that was cool. oh yeah. All right. Well, before we go, I want to get into the topic of the Resident Evil show that that dropped this week. Now, I don't know about you. I have seen a fair amount of the live action Resident Evil movies that are not really affiliated with Capcom other than licensing, probably Paul W.S. Mm-hmm. Anderson. I think we talked about it before. I really only like the first one. The rest of them can go in a dumpster fire. And even the first yeah. one, I'm just like, eh. <laughs> you know, I'm like, eh, it's yeah. on. I've seen all of them except for the last one. Fair enough. And as far as the CG movies, I think I've seen and I own Degeneration, and that's it. I, I know I that there are others. That yeah, Degeneration's pretty cool. I know there are others, I just never got my hands on them. But this follows in those footsteps because it's CG. And again, once again, I should say, Leon's the main character. What's interesting <laughs> about Infinite Darkness is it takes place in 2006, just after Resident Evil 4, and like at the very 
very beginning of Resident Evil 5. Like, literally, while we're watching this show, Chris Redfield and Jill are at the Spencer Mansion fighting Wesker. Like, that whole flashback thing in Resident Evil 5, if you remember that. Uh That's what's going Mm -hmm. on concurrent to this series. So, four episodes. They're about 26 to 28 minutes long. You're looking at just under two hours. Could have just been a movie. Could have just been a movie. I don't know why it wasn't. You're right. That's really weird that it wasn't a movie. Why the fuck wasn't it in the movie? Anyways, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. What did you think about Resident Evil Infinite Darkness? Okay, so. Without any spoilers, because we're not doing yeah, any no, spoilers no. just yet. Yeah, a little backstory. I have seen every single CG Resident Evil movie except for Vendetta, which I believe was the latest one. Okay. And I have thoroughly enjoyed each and every one. Oh, nice. All Every single one felt like it was the kind of pinnacle of CG animation for a video game property anyway. It's for its time, and, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> like they were just all so good. This show is not good. <laughs> nah. No, it's it not. is not good. I like to try and find something good about shows that I want to enjoy, but there's nothing good about this besides like a few scenes here and there. But the story mm-hmm. is just what story? The characters are unintelligent. <laughs> True. There are some. There and are we'll some get into that in spoilers. Like, I mean, do you not know that zombies exist? <laughs> yeah. Exa- oh my god. <sighs> I'm like, is this a Resident Evil movie or is this or is this Resident Evil? I guess I can't say Zero because that's a game that exists. Like, is this Resident is this... Evil 1995 or is this 2006? Right. Come on, guys. We know what's yeah, up. Yeah. It's uh, my god. It's not good. The character animations, sometimes they move extremely weird. It's very inconsistent, right? Sometimes yeah, like the animation the, looks yeah. good, and then other times they're like, did they mocap? Or is this like... Yeah. Like when the soldiers... Star killer walking around yeah. in, in Star Wars The Force Unleashed. Remember that? Oh my god. Yeah. The walk animation. When the soldiers bad. are like scuttling around, like their legs are moving entirely too fast. It's crazy. And, and it's unsettling. I'm like, how is he not tired from his legs moving that yeah, there's a main character. I think her name is Shi Yoon or something like that. Shin Shin Yoon. Shin Shin something. Shin Mei. Yeah, it's a it's a Chinese lady who's in the American military, but I guess. Uh, but that's another thing I found. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to that later. Um, anyways, she when when she's walking, I'm like, well, what is this walk? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. Anyways, but yeah, it's very inconsistent with the animation and the voice acting. The voice acting of the main characters. Yeah. They use the voice actors from the remakes. So Resident Evil 2 remake, the person that voiced Leon and the person that voiced Claire, even though they look different in the remake, those voices are the ones we hear in the show. And for her part, the voice actor for Claire, you could tell she was altering her voice to sound more like classic Claire because that's what her face looked like. Mm-hmm. But the voice actor for Leon just sounded like baby Leon from the remake, even though he had man Leon's face. And that was a little off, but I got over it once Leon started quipping. When he was right. like, wish I had some more cheese. I was like, <laughs> but I, I heard that and I was like, oh my God, this is fucking corny as shit. I loved it. But though, then again, that's what I like again, about Leon. W- yeah. What is Resident Evil really? Yeah. So, yeah. Give me, give me the corny. Yeah. So, yeah, overall, I like you, I feel like the plot was underbaked, just like they had an idea there, but they didn't have time to fully explore it. So they just wrapped it up in the cheapest, most unfulfilling way possible. Yeah. How can we link this to future 
games that actually happen. Oh, okay, yeah, that we'll just we'll assemble. say that. And and with that, I think at this point we should get into the spoiler review. I want to quickly talk okay. about why the plot is so fucking dumb, and <laughs> and we'll just we'll just go there. So this is the spoiler portion. If you haven't seen the next flick, it's two hours. Go watch yeah. it. Come back and listen to this part. It's under two hours. It's under two like, hours. It's, yeah, it's yeah. Oof, okay. Okay, so there is a fake country called Panamistan, right? Which, Panamistan? oh my god. It's a dumb Can name. Can you say it? Can they say it enough in this fucking show? Panamstan. <laughs> Panamstan. I don't know the whole story other than it's a country that is vital in positioning between the U.S. and China, even though the U.S. and China aren't connected. But I guess it's like an end to China. I don't yeah. know. Whatever. Mm. There are some military copters flying over and one crashes and it's like during like a, uh, a civil war, I guess, or like a time of regime or leadership change in Panamstan. So people are in the streets shooting. And I right. guess the U.S. there are to stabilize it, which, OK, usually they're right. there fucking helping and making it worse. Um, <laughs> but when the chopper goes down, the I think they're called Mad Dogs, the Mad Dogs. Yeah, the they're Mad like. Dogs. Hey, man, we're going to go save him. And the director of the military operations like, negative, stay in formation. And the leader of the unit's like, fuck that noise. We're going to go down and we're going to save him. So they go down and Mm -hmm. immediately get attacked and things go south. They end up finding one survivor. And and through flashback, you find out more bits of the story. But that ends up being the character we're talking about later, the Chinese lady, Xin Yun. It ends up being her brother, who is also Mm -hmm. in the American military. Yet right. her grandfather's still in China and he's super rich. Yeah, make okay. it make sense. I mean, sure, whatever, fine. No. So they <laughs> they drag him out, and I guess he was there in a covert op. And you find out that his covert op was actually they were experimenting with a what they call another air quotes pharmaceutical company to test bioweapons in the area since it was like civil unrest and they could get away with it, I guess. And he was yeah. part of those experiments. He lost both his arms and his legs. He's about to die. And then as they're like trapped in a building and trying to get out of like the civil war or whatever, they get attacked by zombies and pretty much everybody in the unit gets bit. Keep, June C yeah. bef- before he dies, he's like, take the serum in my pack and it'll stop you. It'll stop you from turning. So now all these guys are on the hook to take this like anti serum so they won't turn into zombies. And mm-hmm. Junsi does turn into zombies since he didn't get his. I guess they try to communicate with base and only the woman who's in the control room, uh, her brother, Shin Yoon, she hears them and and like goes to them somehow. I don't know how yeah. that works. There's a whole lot of shit happening the off screen that you're like, how does that work? Yeah, because so it's like, and, where are they in relation to the base? I don't know. I have no idea. So she shows up and she sees her brother and they figure out a way to get him smuggled into China instead of being picked up by the U.S. Again, how? I don't know. Mm. Slowly but surely, all of the guys end up offing themselves because the director of the operation, who ends up being like the secretary of state for the president, he wields his connection with the pharmaceutical company to dangle... I guess the serum over their heads and make them do a bunch of dirty covert ops. And then one by Which one, they, they never all show just, us. Yeah. They never show any of the covert ops. One by one, they all kill themselves. So by the time we're looking at the show, there's only two members left. One of them along with Shun Yin is trying to, 
I don't know why I'm going so deep into this plot, to be honest. Me either. <laughs> Let me just speed along. So they're trying to prove the conspiracy that the Secretary of State is working with the pharmaceutical company, but the the main leader of the Mad Dogs unit is actually crazy, and what he really wants is you know what you know what terror the is ter- the root of terror is the root of terror is fear. Stupid, it's so dumb. <laughs> and Leon like tries to stop them because he's centrist, good cop, and he's like exposing the conspiracy is not the way, right. <laughs> But and Shunyin's like, but yeah, but we should. And then he's like, but the guy you're working with doesn't want to do that. He wants to hurt people, which is true. That's how you wrote him. So he's crazy. Right. And then he turns to a bioweapon and Claire's there sometimes being a background figure. Being a damsel. Being a damsel, completely devoid of agency or effect on the plot at all. Yeah. I think yeah. she discovers that one of the guys from the unit kills himself more recently and gets a note and threatens the director who then kidnaps her and then. Leon has to save her. She does nothing. And as badass as she has been in the games, I've noticed if you go back, she's always been needing to be saved by somebody. It's yeah. so fucked up. And it's, it's the worst I've ever seen it in this show. Yeah. Anyways, Leon stops the bad guy. And then Claire's like, cool, give me the evidence. So we can expose the director. And he's like, nah, no, <laughs> nah, I'm <fam>. centrist Leon <laughs> and I suck. And she's like, okay, well you do you things your way and I'll do things my way. Doesn't fight him on it, and she leaves, and he walks into the sunset, and I'm left feeling uh, pissed off. Yeah. So um, Leon, Leon had quips. There's this whole fight on a sub where there's these zombie rats that he has to fight. That scene was cool. It's on it YouTube was. already. Really cool. So if you don't want to watch the show, just go to YouTube, type in Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, Leon fights the rats. Watch that shit. That's awesome. Yeah. He it says funny, really quippy shit. Yeah, it looked great. He says funny, quippy shit sometimes, but as a character, he sucks ass. He doesn't believe in challenging the U.S. government, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's buddy-buddy with the president after he saved her daughter. Right. It's dumb. There's this really flowery speech about how we have to be the beacon for the world and help Pan Amstan rebuild because that's what the U.S. is. And I'm like, That is something that I hate about these fucking Resident Evil movies. The fucking grandstanding that America is like the paragon for peace truth and justice in the world and only america can fix the world and it's like bullshit and the thing is you can interpret it one of two ways and they're both bad either japan is making (laughs) either japan is making a commentary on how we should be which fuck you like it shouldn't just be up to us or they're trying to like push propaganda how we actually like are in the past ourselves yeah or how we see ourselves or how we like because I don't think anybody can say at this point that's what we are. If they are, if they are, they're not paying attention. But either it's a it's a parody, and they're like they're critiquing us, or they're holding us up to an ideal that we've fallen short from recently. Which again, we've never really held up that ideal. America, listen, people, listen, Americans out there, it's time for some hard truths. America mm. has never been great. I'm yep. sorry. We fled England for for religious persecution reasons to then murder and genocide the Native Americans here and persecute our own for religious reasons. We entered late in the transatlantic slave trade because that shit's been going on long before America and somehow just made it even worse. (laughs) And, And from the 13th Amendment to now have systematically pitted our minorities and our poor against each other while we funneled all the money to the top to develop this oligarchy we call fucking capitalism. It's bullshit. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Leftist rant Resident over. Resident Evil. 
<laughs> right? Yes. No. Everything you just said is true. Yeah. And it fits with the with what we're talking about. But yeah. Man. So whenever I see a piece of propaganda, especially nowadays, that talks about, well, America needs to be fuck right off. I'm sorry. Mm. And the fact that Netflix and like the, the, you know, the people were like, oh, when you review this, don't talk about the politics or your politics. You can't use the military and the president and the U.S. like foreign relations as a backdrop to your show and then ask that we don't get political. It's inherently right. political. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm mm, mm. so that that's like salt on the wound that is this bad show. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I, I would even to resident evil fans, if you're curious, it's not a huge time investment, but again, the, it's not good. (laughs) It's not even heavy on the action. Like the older CG movies that you like, like degeneration, for example, degeneration was it's tons of zombies. There's lots of action. It's bio. It's like a bottle film because you're like stuck in that building and Mm -hmm. the monster is like even the, the end bioweapon, like when the main leader of the Mad Dogs turns into a bioweapon, there's no tentacles, there's no like yeah, deformities boring. or bullshit. He just turns into a Hulk monster who yeah. simultaneously has the strength to tear off a bridge and throw it at somebody, but also but struggles to like pull, pull himself, himself up. up a rope, right? <laughs> Fuck off. Like, I can't. I can't do this pull up. <laughs> I said it skipped arm day. Oh, oh my god, it's so god. inconsistent. It is. It's it's just I think it was they had an idea for a show and it was poorly executed and maybe they ran out of time or money. I don't know. It was just so lazy. Yeah, and now what did fuck I like what they did declare? <laughs> yeah, what did I like about the show? Okay. Um <laughs> the rat scene. Yeah, rat scene glorious. was cool. glorious. Glorious, okay. glorious, glorious. Yep, yep. Look it up on um, yeah, <laughs> I will ask one question about the rat scene, though. Where the fuck did they come from? Because if you're telling me that that dude just smuggled on a fucking rat. <laughs> and that rat or, somehow multiplied? Yes, or it doesn't all make those any sense. I don't know. As much as Resident know. Evil doesn't make sense, this made no fucking sense. It was cool. But it's yeah. like, really? Come on. It's like and, your suspension of disbelief is less suspension and more like, fuck your beliefs. Things happen. Deal with it. Yeah. And you know what? I'm not even going to talk about good stuff anymore because I want to talk about the really, really weird bad stuff. So okay. Leon sees the main bad guy like grunting and <laughs> sticking himself with a needle in the bathroom. And he just kind of walks by like, oh, that was weird. <laughs> Well, I think he could tell that he was probably suppressing a T-virus or something of some sort, and he was just making a mental note. I don't think that was necessarily uh, bad. I, don't I mean, know, because he was putting pieces together, right? Like, I think okay, he knew. But, but he was on a submarine. Like, what's he going to do? Like, hey, are you a zombie? Tell me now so we can fight. You know, he Yeah, didn't but really also when he sees... And... <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. When he sees dead sailors on this submarine, he just steps over them and mm. continues walking. Dude, have you not seen zombies it was weird that he didn't pop them in the head but again yes, I, uh, the whole with movie his knife, with his knife yeah the whole movie i'm like just stab him in the head just stab him in the head and wouldn't have helped in this situation because yeah, like he shot the leader rats. of the mad dogs in the heart and then left that was weird he should have popped him in the head for sure oh my god that was so stupid i was like oh that guy's still alive i'm and like be how big many resident evil games have you been in so far bro i mean i know it's not resident evil 6 yet but we're getting there <laughs> right china um Hmm. The flashbacks. Too many damn flashbacks to the same fucking thing. Yeah. 
I didn't mind Ugh, that so much, kept... but what they actually ended up revealing was was less than the sum of its parts. Yeah, it was like, oh yeah, we we came to this place and now we're stuck in this spot. Well, we're going back to present day now. What actually happened, guys? And what actually happened? It was hell. Said, right it was, it was hell. hell we got bit by zombies and then we left it was hell right <laughs> and then at the end of the movie when he's just like the villain's just like i, I want to spread terror oh terror fear oh let me up there and spread terror and fear yeah and i'm like was he going up there to kill people or he was, was he just because... going up there to show himself because well, i didn't get the vibe that he was going up there to kill anybody right at first no <laughs> It looked like he just wanted to prove his existence, right? But then... Right. And again, you almost make Leon out to be the centrist bad guy, which he still ended up being. They couldn't let that thread go. But in the right. beginning, when Leon was trying to stop him, I'm like, ah, let him go. Let him fuck up the, sec- the secretary's yeah. day. Whatever, whatever. But then when, again, Shun Yin, I can't remember her damn name. When she steps in front of them, like, I can't let you go. I don't want I don't want them to try to kill you. Like, she was worried about him. Mm-hmm. He he said, "I'm already dead," and then he, and he breaks her, her arm and snaps her neck. And I'm like, the fuck, "It made why, no sense." Though? It made but no sense. The sense was the story goes, "Okay, we have to make him irredeemable and a danger." And since we haven't established that yet, just have him kill her, and then Leon will be a big fucking hero when he shoots him with a rocket launcher. Which that was but another already... that was another good line. I can't remember what he said. Like he opened up the thing, he was like, "Hey, sexy." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like that. I like that line. That was funny. But he was already kind of irredeemable because they killed everybody on that submarine for what reason? They were taking you to where you wanted to go. You know, when there I saw no that too, I thought it was another example. I thought it was Killmonger all over again. I thought it was taking a radical position, right? Like mm-hmm. exposing a conspiracy. And taking action on that and actually, you know, trying to bring some accountability, but in a centrist Hollywood way, marrying it with extremism where the terrorist or the extremist always has to hurt people in order to make it seem like not the way. So that way the main centrist good guy can be on the right side and go, but you didn't have to kill people. No, they didn't. Why did they write it that way? There was literally no reason to kill anybody on that sub. They were taking you where you needed to go. Yeah. No. And then they waited on Leon. I guess like because <laughs> he thought Leon might be able to help. But the thing is, if you thought he was going to help, why wouldn't you just get him on board to begin with? That way you wouldn't have to worry about him being a liability later. Like the nobody. Mm, mm. Mm. Anyways, that's what we thought of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. Yeah, I thought that one guy in the beginning, uh, the kind of rookie looking agent yeah. was mm. going to die. And he survived the whole time. That that confused the fuck out like, of me. Mr. Like, oh, president, no. Leon says that the secretary is bad <laughs> and China didn't do it. And the president's like, oh, okay. Oh, cool. Well, I'll just well, set this we gotta be, aside. And... <laughs> right. We got to be cool now, guys. Yeah. Got to be real cool, real smooth, baby. <laughs> <sighs> All right. But yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's that. One out of five. <laughs> yeah, I know before I finished the show, before the last episode, I was thinking two out of five. One out of five. I agree with you. Fucking awful. All right. We'll be right back. (laughs) All right. And we're back. What a wonderful ad that was. It's the same Mm. ad we always play. Maybe somebody will actually, somebody else will actually take notice. Who knows? In the meantime, to pay those dues, Derek, if the people are interested in them gamer goodies, possibly more, where can they locate you at? Check out the stuff you have in your store. So they can check out everything I have for sale at ebay.com slash str slash gamer goodies and more. They can follow me on Instagram 
at GamerGoodiesMore and Twitter at Goodies underscore more. I'm posting stuff, trying to post stuff every day, but you know how life goes. So, mm-hmm. you know, I do it when I can. So check me out. I think you're doing all right, man. Well, also, you can find us at our main hub at anchor.fm slash player two is enter the pod. And we post episodes every single Sunday. We can be listened to at that hub or anywhere you can find podcasts available. That includes Breaker, Google Podcast, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Apple Podcast, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash player two is entered the pod. The YouTube channel is called player two is entered the podcast. And we put notifications of new episodes as they drop if you'd like to subscribe or follow us there. You can follow me personally. I'm on Twitter at MikePetersonAL, and I also do Twitch streaming, twitch.tv slash mcpaperstacks, and you can check the schedule, but I typically stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays. And finally, we have a Patreon. So if you'd like to support our Patreon and consider throwing a few bucks our way to help support the show, all that money will go back into the show to make it an even better experience for our listeners. You can visit patreon.com slash player2 is entered the pod and check out the different tiers to see if something interests you and helps support us. We'd really appreciate it. And that is our show. And what a show it was. And we'll see you guys next time. All right. Love you. See you next week. Bye-bye. Peace.